Please join me in the reading of God's Word. Our Bible verses today will be from the uh, book Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, And a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, Lord, as your word has been read and is now proclaimed, we ask that you would unstop our ears and open our hearts and minds for your words for us this day. Speak through my words or speak in spite of my words, but God, we await a word from you. And may the words of my mouth and may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today is the day that we celebrate the ascension of the Lord. That time that Jesus has now spent about 40 days with his uh, disciples and with many others, with convincing proofs of his resurrection. He has spent time with them. He has been teaching them. And now, as they are assembled in Jerusalem, it is time for them to gather together and wait for this promised gift of the Holy Spirit. We'll celebrate that next week as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. But on this Sunday, we have uh, those that are there, and, and he tells them that they are to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and indeed to the ends of the earth. And and so it is that we're going to begin today with this new sermon series. It's called, Can I Get a Witness? Um, And it's based on the thought that, that in the book of Acts, there are so many witnesses to the power of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, as the, as the power of, of God's word through Jesus Christ becomes known through the early church. Um, we'll celebrate the birthday of the church next week, but the whole book of Acts is all about the movement of the Holy Spirit 
Um, and, and now what happens? Um, and so I invite you during this six-week series that you read for yourself the book of Acts. Um, it's the second half to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, the same author, wrote both the Gospel of Luke to deal with the time Jesus was here and the Acts of the Apostles, uh, better named probably the Acts of the Holy Spirit, um, to, to deal with the, the growing church. As you read the book of Acts, I invite you to look for yourself in that story, to, to see how it is that you are called to be a witness, and how is it that we as a church <clears throat> are called to be a witness. So there's your homework for the next several weeks, to read the book of Acts and read it looking for those moments. Um, and, and so as we begin this series, the, the question is, what is it that a witness to Jesus Christ looks like? What does it look like for someone to claim to be a follower of Jesus and to witness to his power in their own life? First of all, of course, you can't be a witness to someone you don't know. And so someone who is a witness to Jesus Christ is someone who has met Jesus and who has said yes to his offer of life in his name. Um, we're told in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. And so we know that things have become new uh, so that when we're a witness for Christ, we have become new in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> someone who is a witness to Christ is someone who knows about Christ, who desires to learn more. And so we read, especially from the Gospels, to see what it is that Jesus loved, to see who it is that Jesus paid attention to, knowing that as his followers, those are the things that we love, and those are the people that we also pay attention to him. We base our lives on the teachings of Jesus. A witness to Jesus is also someone who stays close to Jesus. My favorite scripture that talks about that is in John chapter 15, the whole chapter that talks about the vine and the branches. I'm the vine, you are the branches. You can't accomplish anything except through me. And so it is that when we are witnesses to Jesus, we stay attached to that vine and we know where we draw our strength and, and that we know that we are commanded to love one another. And then we find out here in the book of Acts that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. So that's another thing that a witness to Jesus Christ has. We are promised the power of the Holy Spirit. Like Leanne's uh, popcorn message in the, in the children's message today, the, we are receivers of that power. The power comes from outside ourselves. I was really glad she didn't say that, that being, uh, being brought in the Holy Spirit didn't fill us with hot air. Um, that, was a, that was a good thing. She left that part out. But, but you know that we're filled with the Spirit, and we are changed just as the popcorn is changed, and it's power that we receive. That word power, um, the, the word is dynamis. Can you think of some words that, that come from that same root of power? Well, there's dynamic, there's dynamite. It is a strong power when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And friends, you are a witness you are a witness, and you have a story to tell. And we're invited to live our witness aloud in front of others. 
Uh, Jesus says that, that we are to be his witnesses in Jerusalem. That is, the people that are the very closest to us, maybe in our families, those that are right there with us. In Judea, so that's the next step out. What's, what's the circle of influence that you may have? In Samaria, to those people who, though they may live nearby, they are completely not like us. We have a witness to them as well and indeed to the ends of the earth. That is, a, that is a lot of power to share those witnesses. But we all have a story. We all have a witness. And so I thought this morning that I would share um, my story with you, my witness. Pieces of it I've shared before, um, but want to sort of walk you through what my story is like. When I was a child, if you can be born a Southern Baptist, I was. Um, my parents were both Baptist. Um, I don't recall going to church much in my early childhood. My parents divorced when I was nine. My mom married a Methodist, and as I say, poof, I became a Methodist. And so at age 12, I went through confirmation and was baptized and confirmed in the faith and made my vows uh, to serve Jesus Christ at the age of 12. The following summer, when I was 13, um, I had gone to West Texas to visit my dad, and while I was there, I went with my grandparents to their little Baptist church, um, and at an altar call at that church, um, I just felt drawn to come to the altar, and it was at that moment that I actually felt in my heart what I had already professed with my mouth, and it was a life-changing time for me. It was a good thing that the timing of that was great for me because during that same summer when I was 13 and often visiting my dad, uh, two things of note happened. One is I was diagnosed with scoliosis, an S-shaped curve in the spine. And my dad took me to an orthopedic surgeon who put me in a body brace that went from chin to hips that I was to wear 24 hours a day until I quit growing. Um, so it could be a year, could be two years. And that was what I went back home to my mom's house in. The second thing of note that happened that same summer is that my parents moved from Beaumont to Katy. And so I came back wearing this contraption, starting in the eighth grade in junior high to a school that I knew no one and no one knew me. And I had this really big contraption on. All the makings of what could have been a horrible time in junior high. But I'd had this experience that summer, and I was on fire with love for Christ. The church there took me in. The youth there um, were like family to me. There were even some older kids that, that somehow let me come into a Bible study. Um, and I grew and developed in my faith in a mighty way during that year. I only had to wear the brace during my eighth grade year, and then it was uh, deemed I was done growing, so I was able to lose it uh, before high school. Um, and, and my devotion and fun uh, in being a Christ follower uh, was solidified through high school. Um, and, and so I was active in the church, and there came to be in Katy a group called Youth for Christ Campus Life about my junior year. And so then I started in that parachurch organization as well and enjoyed that tremendously. 
I went away um, after high school to Houston Baptist University to begin a, a degree in nursing. And when I first went there, I was a volunteer as well for Youth for Christ Campus Life. I was a counselor and so was working with other high school kids and still just so excited about my relationship with God. I was one of those people in those days that would go with the other counselors uh, and do take tracks to downtown Houston. Yeah, I was one of those who was so excited that I did that. Then I went on through college and I graduated and became a psychiatric nurse. And then I fell into what I not so fondly call the vast spiritual wasteland of young adulthood. <laughs> During that time, I believe I checked off just about everything on my I will never do this list as I lived as a young adult. And, and of course, it wasn't that God had moved, but I didn't have an interest in attending church on any regular basis because I knew I was living a life that would not be pleasing to God, so the best way to avoid that is just to not go to church. And so I went through a number of years of that. During that time, I got married, I had a couple of children, moved to um, Corpus Christi, and it was there um, through, um, actually the, the pastor's wife was a, a psychiatric nurse as well. She invited us to come to church, and we began at Asbury United Methodist Church in Corpus Christi. During my time there, as I began regular church attendance, um, I think small children sort of drive you to that. Those who've had that experience when you've got children and you're responsible for a young life, suddenly, oh, church is one of those things that's important. And began to grow myself um, back in my spiritual life. I went through discipled Bible study, which is a transformative time. And then through disciple two, then we moved to Katy, became active in a church there, and it was there in 1995, as I was driving from uh, my, my church, we had had a worship meeting, and, and by then I owned my own business doing legal nurse consulting, and I was driving to the medical center to go to Jesse Jones Library uh, to do some research, and right around the Galleria on 610, there was a voice um, not a hallucination voice. I, I knew it was somewhere deep inside me, but a voice nonetheless that said that the church that I had just come from is what God was calling me to do full-time with my life. It, it was so apparent to me that I really stopped and said, I, God, you have the wrong car here. Um, it was that strong of a feeling. And I wrestled with that for several days and then began telling a few people. And as it turned out, nobody was surprised except for me. And so I began this movement toward the ministry um, and started seminary and have been on this um, wonderful, chaotic, um, amazing, terrifying ride of being a pastor um, since 1996. Those are parts of my story. You have a story as well. And we have a story in the church. Because you see, God isn't looking for perfect people. I am so far from being perfect. 
and have made so many wrong choices in my life, and yet God continued to call me into relationship. Friends, we are all travelers on this journey of faith, and your particular story matters to someone who is on that journey with you. Church, it it isn't a place for perfect people, and yet when we are together, we are called the very body of Christ, gifted perfectly by the Holy Spirit to accomplish all that God calls us to do as a church, to further Christ's mission in the world, and to be his witnesses. In Jerusalem, that is locally. In Judea, for those other kinds of uh, influences that we have in the community. In Samaria, to those who don't look like us or talk like us. And to the very ends of the earth. Together, we are more than just a simple addition of each of our parts. Because when the power, when the dynamis, when the dynamite of the Holy Spirit empowers the church, friends, we are empowered indeed to be Christ's witnesses. And without the power of the Holy Spirit in the local church, you know what? We are nothing more than a social agency. Our power comes from the Holy Spirit. We are called as a church to have a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission. Right? The great commandment found in Matthew 22, 36 to 40, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And we are called to the great commission to go into all the world to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to baptize in his name, and to remember that he is with us always to the end of the age. So here's my question this morning is, what is your story? You have one. What is it? And here's my challenge. Tell it to someone. Just in the normal conversation, have you ever, if you are married, have you ever told your spouse your faith story? Maybe today's a good day to do that. If you're a parent, have you ever shared your own faith story with your children? Maybe today's a good day to do that. Maybe today is a good day to share it with a friend, to call up somebody that maybe you've known for a long time and say, I was challenged today to share my faith story. Share it. Tell your witness. It gets easier. You too have a story, and we collectively have a story here at Atascacita United Methodist Church. And through the dynamic, the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit, we are the church, the body of Christ, empowered to be Christ's presence here in the world, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Can I get a witness? Will you pray with me? Holy God, 
Lord, we thank you for the witnesses of those who've gone before us who have been brave enough to share their stories of faith, their struggles, their worries, their triumphs. We thank you that you have given each of us a unique story. God, empower us by the power of your Holy Spirit to share our story with someone and as we do so, to feel your power at work within us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.